calling biblical Israel to remember to celebrate the Passover. Beloved, gathered here on this lovely, beautiful Sabbath morning, I pray that everyone here and Israelites all across the land and all across the Western world will remember that we are coming closely now to the celebration of the most significant moment in the festival calendar year, and that is Passover. Now amid, amid the spiritual, moral, political, social, economic, upside-down world that we live in, there is an urgent and compelling reason for God's children to gather together, assemble themselves together in the house of God for the days that are ahead of us. We will need our God in days to come like we may never have known our need for Him before. So there's a compelling reason why this Passover 2022 may be far more significant than any of us might understand or entertain based on what we know today. But what we do know today is cause for everyone to be drawing spiritually, morally, physically, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, physiologically, close to God. Because we are not living in ordinary times. Now we here, this last March, ended the second complete year of the pandemic that was ushered into the world on March 20, in March of 2020. So in March of 2022, it completed the second year of that pandemic. So that is the first installment of what the one-worlders are planning. The second installment is already underway, and it is called COVID-19. The Great Reset. And in the words of this book, written by the founder of the World Economic Forum, together with co-writers, these are the billionaire elitists who are planning a one-world government. They lay out their plans now, and they're underway. So it's not my goal here today to tell what they believe they accomplished in the first stage of the pandemic, but they certainly believe that they have conditioned a majority of Americans, a majority of the world's population to be guided into world government. The pandemic was planned, orchestrated, funded, by the evil designs of the one-worlders related to the same one-worlders that tried to build the Tower of Babel. The Bible says God looked down from heaven and said, No, no, you will not build your world government. That was Nimrod. Well, today we have a whole new spate of elitists who are determined to build a new world order. And the book that I just held up, COVID-19, The Great Reset, they accomplished their goals. They reduced world population. It's still underway. They plan to control the population of the world in the future. They're very sad that there are some people that remained unvaccinated. But they got some plans for those people. 
So we need to draw close to our Father in heaven. Indeed we do, because the next stage that's underway, already underway, was the Ukraine war. A planned war, orchestrated, planned. It's been underway now, the background of that war for several years. And it's by being planned by the same people that planned the pandemic. So we need to celebrate Passover in a way that we may never have understood in terms of the urgency for why we need to celebrate. Because we are going to need the Shekinah glory of God to cover the remnant church of God. Now the Shekinah glory is that glory spoken of in Romans 9, 4, where St. Paul says, Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory? That's Shekinah glory. That's the glory that only is known by the God who rules the heavens and the earth. The Almighty, the Everlasting, the Eternal Jehovah, the great I am that I am who stepped out of eternity incarnate in Jesus, Messiah, Savior, the great I am now that came to offer up his blood. And we've come now, we'll be coming to celebrate that great event at Passover. And I think it would be well for all of us Every one of us, young, old, male, and female, to contemplate the idea that Passover in the first exodus from Egypt was attended by a blood covering over God's children. The death angel passed over them because they were under the blood. They were under the blood. Unbelievers do not identify with that. But believers identify with the blood. Because it is the blood that saves. Hebrews 9.22, without the blood there is no, no remission. No covering. And when the death angel passed over the Israelite homes, they looked to see if there was the blood on the lintel and the doorposts. And every home that was unmarked by the blood, unsealed from danger, the firstborn of every house died on the night of the Passover. The word Passover has to do with the death angel that passed over the homes in ancient Israel that had followed the laws of their God and they had carefully selected that lamb and the blood of that lamb was appropriated upon the doorpost and the lintel. Now if you think of two doorposts and the horizontal bar across the top, you bring the two sides together, you have formed a cross. The cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, is the way that you will overcome all the plans, the schemes, and all of the contemplations of the evil minds that are seeking to take our people and liquidate them. Now remember, beloved, Passover is not an uneventful time in history. That marked the birth, Passover after that associated with the Exodus, is the is the celebration of the beginning of the nation of your people. Before that time, Israel was never at any time an organized nation. 
But after Passover, they became a nation. They were a congregation. So the civil and the ecclesiastical were merged under one sovereign, eternal God. They had no separation of church and state. The church was the state, the state was the church, and Jehovah was their God when they left Egypt. So as we think about this, just to hit some highlights today in preparing our hearts for the monumental moments that we will celebrate here very quickly, let's turn to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter number 22, Luke 22, 14. Thank you. Thank you, boys and girls, for opening your Bibles. Boys and girls, hello. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 14. And will the congregation please read with me? Dear Lord God, Jehovah the Almighty, we humbly ask now that you send your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon this body, that in the few moments that we will be looking at the Passover, that you will open our eyes, fill our hearts with the power of the Holy Spirit, and make the Word of God living as you have promised. And this we ask in the most noble, holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Together now from Luke 22, verse 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until, until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also he took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. Amen. Now, there are a couple of points here that we want to emphasize. Number one, Jesus said, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. This was the last Passover that Jesus would celebrate in this world. He knew that he was headed for a very cruel and torturous death. And that death awaited him shortly after these words were spoken. But he said, with desire, not with just desire, but with great desire. Great desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you. And my prayer today, people, with regard to what's coming upon this land, and while I'm not here to stand and prophesy, I want everyone to know that if you want to be ready for whatever may be ahead of us in the, green, in the very grim season of time that history has brought our way, then we will want to be under the blood. We will want to be under the blood. We will want to be sure that our hearts are right with God, that we have made peace with God by grace through faith in Christ, and that we will be ready as the soldiers of God to stand whatever the enemies of God may throw at us because His shield, His protection to be under the blood is to overcome all adversarial opposition that may come against us in the future unfolding days. Amen. Now the goal, of course, in COVID-19 reset is to end fossil fuels. They want the Green New Deal 
course, they'll continue to fly their jets. They'll continue to burn fossil fuel in their automobiles. But everybody else is going to be coming a peasant in their, not, in their world. Now, God has promised us a kingdom. So there's a conflict. There's a conflicting ideology that's building up in the world today. It's the kingdom of men, the kingdom of evil, versus the kingdom of our God. And the Bible tells us that in the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left to other people, but it will break in pieces and consume all of those kingdoms, and it will stand forever. For unto us a child is born, the Bible says. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, thank you, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts, Jehovah the Almighty, will perform this. Now, people, if you're on the side of God, God is the winner. God will be the winner. If you've read the book to the end, to the last chapter, God wins the battle because it is his battle. I will put enmity between thee and the woman. The beginning of the battle. Genesis 3.15, God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It will bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now the bruising of the heel is a prophetic word. It's the first indication that the seed of the woman would be bruised, and that was the principal seed of the woman when the, the crucifixion of Jesus is encompassed in that verse. That it, the seed of the serpent, would bruise the heel. They, they nailed Jesus on that cross, and they had a lot of help from Israelites. Because a lot of the Israelites said, crucify him, crucify him. And there would be Israelites living in America today who would say, crucify him. If Jesus were about, about to walk the streets of America today, they would still be with that crowd to say, crucify him. So beloved, our hope, our hope is not going to be vested in the arm of flesh as much as we would like it to be. And there's, there are times, beloved, when it will test the utter patience of every soul when you hear the venomous talk coming out of the left side of Genesis 3.15 today. But that warfare that began in Genesis 3.15 is not going to culminate until the arrival of the king. The arrival of the king. And our goal... <clears throat> Our goal is to be worthy of his arrival. Our goal is to be pleasing to him. Our goal is to be obedient children. Remember, beloved, you can obey and not love. A woman can obey her husband but not love him. But you cannot love and then not obey. If you love God... You will want to follow the God who wrote the Bible, who laid out the GPS for his children to follow. And that is the pathway to salvation. The pathway to salvation is that the same blood that preserved Israel from the plagues that fell upon the gods of Egypt, the plagues that fell upon the upon the gods of Egypt and destroyed them all. Ten different plagues that fell. When the last plague fell, there was not a god, G-O-D, little g, standing in Egypt 
They were all obliterated. And all the gods that are being worshipped in America today will be obliterated before this warfare is over. The only God that will be worshipped is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That will be the sole recipient of the worship of His children. Now what Jesus said, with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you. And church, my prayer is that we will desire that there will be a desire embedded within our internal, internal being to want to be at the communion rail and to be want to share in the fellowship of the saints that will be gathered here, to want to participate in the wonderful events of the Passover gathering, that we will be able to and willing to make the sacrifice, sacrifices necessary to do that because where there is no sacrifice, there is no true worship. Amen. When you want to worship God, what are, you, what, is, what are you willing to pay for that worship? Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Think of the cost of the gasoline that it's going to cost some people to get here. I talked to a gentleman that lives in California. He computed the cost of bringing his super motorhome here. It was going to cost him right at $3,000. He asked me if what he should do. Well, I'm not, I don't know what he should do because I don't have the answer. But I know this, beloved. We need to make whatever sacrifices we have to make to make this festival of Passover a memorial event that will prepare us to resist the powers of the enemy. The left side of Genesis 3.15 are determined to overwhelm God's children. Now, do you remember that the seed of the woman carried the promise of the serpent crusher? That the head of the serpent is going to be crushed by the seed of the woman. Now, the only woman to ever conceive a child without a man was the Virgin Mary who gave birth to the serpent crusher. That's Jesus. Romans 16, 20, the words of St. Paul, I pray God that, Satan, that, that the head of Satan will be crushed under the heel of the Lord Jesus Christ quickly. So beloved, we're in a war. Now remember, the seed of that woman, the, we'll call it the messianic seed line, that's going to make Joseph and Mary the parents of Jesus. Satan tried to cut that seed off with the murder of Abel. Amen? That's, that's true. The serpent was determined to cut off the seed. So Cain rose up and killed Abel. As we move closer to the flood, the angels that were cast out of heaven attempted to corrupt the seed line. Genesis 6. The sons of God, the angels, looked at the daughters of men and they corrupted them by bringing forth monstrous children. All through Bible history, there's been an attempt to cut off the Messiah's seed. And the, the line of people through which that seed is coming. All through history. Hey, hello, think with me. Come on, people. Think with me. We're in the book of Exodus. And there is a call by the Pharaoh to issue a mandated murder of all male children. Why? Cut off the messianic seed through which Jesus is going to come. Cut off that seed. 
Who delivered Moses from death? Placed him in a little basket and put him on the, on the Nile River. Faithful, God-fearing mother and daddy. They defied the edict of a king to save their little son. By faith, they put him in a basket to float on the Nile River and wait for a miracle from heaven to keep him alive. And he was trained for the next 40 years to be the Pharaoh. Moses trained in the art of every military strategy known to the Egyptians. Schooled in the finest of all Egyptian knowledge. Preparing to take the throne of that mighty nation as a Pharaoh. Something within the breast of Moses led him out to look at his own people and see their enslavement. God always has a plan for his people, but his people do not always have hearts ready to be the recipients of that plan. And our goal at Passover is to be the recipients of God's grace, God's love, God's mercy. If we should face famine or the sword or if we should face the noisome beast. I'm reading from Ezekiel 14 right now in my mind. When the land hath sinned, God says I'll send four sore judgments. The sword, the famine, the plague, and the noisome beasts. Ezekiel 14. Revelation chapter number 6. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Death, famine, pestilence, and the noisome beasts. Is that what lies ahead for America? Beloved, I'm not prophesying anything, but I will say this. This is an hour and this is a day. Or let me say it another way. This is the day of salvation. This is the day for everyone to say that I'm either in the camp of God or I'm going to be in the camp of the enemy. Because there's no neutral ground. The only thing that's down the middle is a yellow stripe. So we got to make up our mind which side of the line we're on. The right side or the left side. And right now the left side is in charge of the country. I hope they're not in charge of you. Because you have a God who says no. Because the left side right now is planning the systematic demise of all white males. One of the objectives of the Ukrainian war is to engineer a war that will kill white on white. Folks, listen. If you think that there is not a sinister evil working in the world today, you've got, you just, you just got to have been, shall we say, brainwashed. So praise God. Now Jesus said, with desire, I've desired to eat this Passover. Not with just desire, but with intense desire. And he said, I'm not going to celebrate it again until I celebrate it in my Father's kingdom. How many of you know that we'll be celebrating Passover in the kingdom? The two, the two most significant events in the history of the world. Think about it. The two most significant events in the history of the world will be underway here at Passover. And that is remembering the crucifixion and what that cross symbolizes. And it will be because we will be here to remember that he who was put on that cross rose from the dead. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he became triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. And in Revelation chapter number 1, verse 18, Jesus said, 
I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Amen. Beloved, we, we better be on the side of the one who holds the keys to hell and to death. That's whose side we need to be on. His name, his name is Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, the great I am that I am. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Exodus for a moment. We'll be in Exodus now, the book of Exodus, chapter number 12, as we think about Passover. So share with me now real quickly in these passing moments. Let's look at Exodus 12. Thank you. Thank you, church family, for opening your Bibles because we want to be a Bible-believing, Bible-reading, Bible-understanding congregation. We're in Exodus chapter number 12. Thank you, boys and girls. Thank you, little folks. And the Lord, now you see that word is capitalized. That's the Hebrew tetragrammaton. And some people will use Yahweh. Some will use Jehovah. We use Jehovah here because 47 translators chose that word in the King James Bible. So we stay with them. But it's not because we're against the name Yahweh. It just means that we are going with 47 translators who gathered for the translation of this Bible, and the Lord, Tetragrammaton, spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, this month, not any month, this month, shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. We just entered now into that first month. Yesterday, yesterday, on April 1, 2022, we entered into day number one of the brand new month that will begin the brand new biblical year of this present unfolding time season. Now, hold your finger at Exodus 12 for a moment. Turn in your Bible to Genesis 1.14 real quickly. And I'm trying to go quickly here because I'd like to end this lesson early. Help me. I'm in Genesis chapter number 1 verse 14. And the Bible says this. If you can get to your Bible. Beginning in verse 14. And God said. I love that phrase. That's emphatic. God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs. Why did God create the heavens and the illuminaries in the heavens? The sun, the moon, and the stars. Let them be for signs. That's cosmic action. And for seasons. Underline the word seasons. That's an important word seasons, and it actually means public convocation, holy convocation. It's the word festival for signs and for festivals. That word seasons, check it out. For days and years, let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. When God created the luminaries, the sun and the moon, this is God's clock in the heavens. One hand could be labeled the sun. Another hand on the divine clock could be labeled the moon. You cannot celebrate Passover without understanding the moon and the sun in their respective uh, roles in the created world that God built. It's not our goal this morning to go into detail on that, but we establish the beginning of the biblical year by looking at something that God himself performed. It's called the vernal equinox. Yeah. 
And it happens on or around the month of March 20 every year, give or take a day or so, but more often than not, right on the 20th as it was this year. So that marked the vernal equinox, equal time between day and night. The new moon nearest that vernal equinox will be the beginning of the Passover. That is Passover day. The nearest new moon that falls the closest to the equinox. That's day number one. So if we count day today, number, day number two, we'll be by the 14th of this month, we'll be coming in to the Passover. And on that Passover, which will fall on the Thursday, Thursday of April the 14th, on that evening, that evening we will celebrate the Holy Communion service. And that evening that we celebrate it, darkness will come during that celebration. And that will be the beginning of the 15th day or the first day of unleavened bread to usher in that season of the festival. So back to Exodus 30, real quickly. In Exodus chapter number 30, notice in verse number 2, this month. Now the word month, and a lot of this you'll have to check me out on. Validate what I'm going to tell you. The word month and moon are interchangeable in the Bible. They come from the same essence or same origin. They derive their origin from the Hebrew word kodesh. And they're interchangeably used. Jot down 1 Samuel chapter 20, and you can read an entire chapter where they will interchange the use of the word Moon and month, they're, they're interchangeable, synonymous words that are used in 1 Samuel 20. And that's not the only place, but it's one of the very significant places. Now, notice that on the 10th day, I'm in Exodus 12, 3. On the 10th day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for the house. Now, on the 10th day... Of the, four, of, the, of the month of Abib, they selected their lamb. They looked at the lamb. Is there any blemish on this lamb or this little creature from the goats? The kid from the goats. Is there a blemish on this lamb? If there is, it'll be unacceptable. Let's go look for another one. Because the true lamb, this little Passover lamb, is prefiguring the lamb that would come from heaven without a blemish because he would be sinless without sin nature coming from the virgin birth of Mary. Not because that little child carried Mary's egg or DNA because Mary's DNA will not even be used in the body of Jesus. The angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary when Mary said upon hearing that she was going to be a mother and she said unto the angel, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? Pretty logical question. And Mary didn't need to go to a public school sex education class. She already knew the basics. The angel said unto her, he answered and said, Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she is with child, she is with child, and this is the sixth month with her who was barren. 
And Mary said, after the angel said, With God nothing is impossible. If God can perform the miracle of the virgin birth, God can put His Shekinah glory over a remnant Christian flock of people and preserve them through the fire, through the flood, through the pandemic, through the plague, through the sword, through the pestilence. Let God be God and every man a liar. God is and He is able. But God only will preserve those who are under the blood, whose hearts are right with Him, who live their lives in conformity to the Word of God, who read their Bibles, who actually read their Bibles, who pray, who seek the face of God. God will know His own in a time of great extreme tribulation. In due season, beloved, we know the child was born. When Mary was told that she would become the mother of Jesus by a divine miracle, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me, according to thy word. Absolute pristine faith of that young teenage girl to become the mother of the one who in the prime of the life of that child would watch him. Mary stood at the cross and watched her son be impaled. Mary, who nursed Jesus, who gave birth to that child, watched him be impaled on a cross. Can you imagine the heart of Mary as she watched her son writhing in agony, agony and, and suffering torturously under that powerful crucifixion tragedy. That is why Jesus said with desire, I have desired to share this Passover with you because he knew that he was on his way to the crucifixion. And beloved, as we face Passover 2022, I would be renaissant, I would be remiss, I would not be an adequate preacher if I did not say that with desire we desire this Passover, that we might be delivered in days to come and be under the blood of that Lamb, to have the Shekinah glory of God I don't know how that Shekinah glory works, but I know that Shekinah glory is capable of blinding eyes, blinding the eyes of those who would harm God's children. So our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope, the future, our children. Now, we should live our lives just like God has told us. Every day, go out and occupy till I come. Raise up godly children. Have children. Do everything God told you to do. Don't bolt the doors and lock up your mind to what God has said. God wants us to flourish, to thrive, and live out our lives in obedience to His laws. When the lockdown came here in March 2020, our county commissioner says, churches are not essential, close the doors. 
Why would we do that? Because Jesus said, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, but render unto God that which belongs to him. And this sanctuary is God's gathering place for his saints. Those doors dare not be locked because God is the protector of this building. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. How dare anyone say they'll, they'll inject something into God's body? How can anyone believe that a God-fearing, Bible-believing, blood-washed, spirit-filled Christian can roll up their sleeve and let a needle inject an experimental vaccine that nobody knows the ingredients of but the people that have planned it. You'd be foolish. You'd be dumb. Can I use the word stupid? But we live in a stupid generation. So we, we need to become wise Wise in the ways of godliness. Wise in the way that God would have us to live. So the Bible tells us in Exodus 12 that in verse number 6, you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Now you know that before midnight of that night where these words are being spoken, the death angel will come through Egypt and over every household without the blood, the death angel will pay a visit and the firstborn son will die in that household. All the firstborn of the land of Egypt will die, descended from Egyptian parentage. But God says even Israelites will die if they're not under the blood. I didn't write the Bible, God did. Because I think there are, are Christians today who would say, well, I didn't have time to get the blood on the doorpost. I just didn't quite get it done. After all, I just came home from vacation. How in the world do you expect me to get the blood and paint it on the doorpost? I didn't even get my suitcase unpacked from going off to Acapulco. Well, the 14th of Abib. Uh, I really appreciate the brilliance of our people gathered here today because you know that God doesn't do anything without a reason. The first day of Abib is a dark moon. There's no light shining. But by day number 14, coming into day number 15, that night when they're leaving Egypt, they had a full, bright Passover moon. Now, why would they need a bright, full Passover moon to leave Egypt? They could not expect two and a half million or more people to leave Egypt in the middle of the night without some light. We're going to leave with hundreds of babies. We're going to be carrying toddlers. We have 600,000 adult male men that will march out of Egypt that night. Add that many women and children, and you're looking at a huge body of people. That was one of the most enormous events in all of world history. How God miraculously moved an entire nation under darkness and took them out of the land of their captivity. Can you believe what Pharaoh must have been thinking when someone came running to him and had said, your firstborn son, the heir to your throne, is dead? And Pharaoh says, 
Find Moses. Tell him to get out of here. Go. Leave. Go find your God. And they did. And we're here today because they did. Beloved, it's fun to be a Christian because you're being challenged. And we all need challenged. We need to become soldiers. Tough, skinned, not offended easy. We ought to be the kind of people that it would take a lot to offend us. We don't want to be snowflakes, weaklings. We want to be warriors for Christ. Brave and courageous, level-headed, obeying God's word and trusting him. Now, I said earlier that this is God's battle. This is God's battle to win. I will put enmity, God said, between the, between the serpent and the woman. God put the enmity there because of the sin that had been taking place in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.15 is the consequence of disobedience on the part of Adam and Eve. So we have no one to blame but sin that entered into God's perfect world. And so my admonition here today, beloved, is for us to simply be a faithful, God-fearing people, not doing silly, stupid things, but keeping our spiritual cool, spending our time in Scripture, keeping ourselves close to the will of God, reading God's Word, assembling ourselves together as the command, Matthew 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And even the more so as the day approaches. So, final thought, we need to come together. We need to close ranks, grow up, be mature, and show our little sons and daughters what God-fearing parents can do in setting a standard of righteousness, godliness, and moral purity in a wicked, 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 wicked world. And don't plan a trip to Disney. Hint, hint. Aren't you glad for Governor DeSantis? Got the whole left mad at him. Because he's going to Come against the nonsense of Disney. Amen. Corrupting of little children. Shame on the corruption of, the attempted corruption of our little children. So God help us, let's be standing, folks. And I, for the record, I'm ending this lesson early.